Welcome to the Everything Early Childhood podcast designed for approved providers, nominated supervisors and other childcare leaders. This fun, lighthearted and very serious podcast features weekly episodes on strategy, advice and conversations with fascinating and inspiring people from across our sector. Join the journey and have access to the tools and inspiration you need to create high performing childcare businesses. Let's get started. Hello, friends. Welcome to this week's episode of Everything Early Childhood. Just wanted to do a check-in before we get started. How are you all going, my friends? I know it is a really busy time of the year. So again, just that little reminder to make sure that you are looking after yourself out there, wherever you are. And um, yeah, so let's get started. Today, I wanted to, um, I've been having many conversations and every time I bring this up, people like shudder a little bit and it's getting along to those times of the year where we start thinking about staff appraisals. So I thought we might do an episode just to sort of debunk a few things, talk about um, my thoughts and um, what we recommend people do in relation to staff appraisals. So generally when we visit services, we ask them, how do you go about your staff appraisals? How do you support your team? Um, What's your process? What's your system? Every single time it's the same answer that we get and generally it is every six months we sit down with the educator, we talk about what they're doing well, we talk about where they need to improve and we develop a plan. Either six months or annually they come back to review that. Now, I really question that straight away because I'm like, how, you know, if we look at everything that we do, our QIP, six months or 12 months down the track, are we going to remember it, what we've done? Is it going to be relevant? No. So how do we expect that in six or 12 months time that this is going to be relevant or to um, fresh in people's minds with where they need to improve or what they need to work on? If you're simply doing something just to tick boxes or just to follow those steps, I really want you to rethink and take time to reflect on why you're doing something. And don't do anything if it doesn't excite you or add meaning to you and your team. So if there's, I'm finding that at the moment, staff appraisals, they've got no meaning, they're boring, they're almost like a chore and people are like, oh, I have to do staff appraisals. So remember that we're all about making every moment count and I feel that people are feeling more disconnected than ever. And when we talk about staff appraisals, it's not actually a requirement to do staff appraisals. So if we visit the National Quality Standards for a minute and look at what is required for our roles, um, 7.2.3 is about development of professionals. So educators, coordinators and staff members regularly evaluate and individual plans are in place to support learning and development. So it's about us supporting our people and their development as professionals. So nowhere in that sentence or nowhere in that element does it talk about staff appraisals. 
I think that a lot of things from our sector, we just do things because it's always what we've done or we've taken it from other sectors or professions and we've moved it into ours. But what we need to remember is that our sector is about our people. And when you move into a leadership role, your role, almost like duty or obligation, is not only to help people become an amazing educator. It's to help every single person that you lead, that you coach, that you mentor to be an amazing human being. So that's about connecting with their head and connecting with their heart. So home and work. And often these things will combine and come together. So when we talk about staff appraisals, I want us to really remember that it's about supporting the development of our team as professionals. It's about helping their performance and regularly evaluating that performance and developing those individual plans and putting them into place to support their learning and development. So if we talk about roles, When we accept the role of, let's say, a room leader, our job is to follow the planning cycle, make sure that we are evaluating and planning for the children's learning and development, and that cycle is very, very clear. When we move into the role of a leadership role, whether it's a um, room leader and you're leading your team, or whether it's a centre leader, so director, Um, manager, whatever you define your role to be. But when you start looking after people and mentoring people, it's exactly the same thing on a different scale. So rather than you evaluating, planning um, and observing the children's um, practice it's about doing your that with your team so you're transferring that planning cycle and rather than looking at it from a child's perspective and assessing their development it's about doing that for your team and showing them how they can progress as professionals and develop and putting a plan in place to show those stepping stones along the way Now, one of the most important things I believe, and I really want to touch base on this um, as part of this staff appraisals, is around um, growth mindset. So I believe that with anything, it starts all the way at the top. So if we as leaders um, have a fixed mindset, it's really, really difficult and challenging for our teams to embrace that growth mindset in order to see that improving is something that is part of everyday practice. Critical reflection on our own practice is part of our everyday practice. So I want to touch base a little bit on growth mindset because I think it's really crucial to the development of professionals. So a fixed mindset. So when we talk about fixed, I see the color red. Um, It means that we're unchangeable. So our mindset, we're unchangeable. We avoid challenges. We avoid failure and we give up easily. The other opposite of that is your growth mindset, your green, your green brain. So we analyze our mistakes. We accept challenges. We have the ability to learn new things and we're inspired by others' success. And I want to stop for a minute and really take that in. I'm finding that a lot of leaders are having a challenging time or can have a challenging time and perhaps it conflicts with um, you know their brain and their mindset and but they're having a challenging time 
actually either hiring people that are better than them or more experienced than them, leading people that are more experienced than them, or actually helping people to grow and to learn so that they understand perhaps more than you do or they understand to your level what you can do. What we need to remember is that the more that you empower others with building their knowledge and development, the easier your life and your job is going to become. I remember a quote that I love. I can't exactly remember the quote, but what I, the words I tell myself in my head all the time is, you know, by lighting, so I'm, if I'm a candle and I have a candle and I take other candles and I light the candles, I don't lose any of my light from my candle by lighting other candles. We're just helping the room shine brighter. Um, and that's exactly the same as with leadership, passing on our knowledge, passing on our skills and mentoring our team. It doesn't take away from you. It actually is. Be- it looks better for you because your team is highly performing. So if you're afraid or even like subconsciously you find yourself holding yourself back from passing on that knowledge to others and sharing it because, you know, perhaps you don't, um, you don't want someone else to take your job, you don't want someone else to be better than you, then please, it helps you to shine your light brighter by helping others shine and empowering them. So please make sure that we are passing that on and passing down that baton and helping future generations to be amazing educators, not only for you, because it's going to make your life easier, but for the children and the rest of your team as well. So, and then the opposite also happens. So the opposite also happens where we have um, amazing people in our team and we might have these stand standout people and we will utilize them for so many things. But then we have other people in our team that sort of almost like those children that go under the radar. We don't spend a lot of time with them. We don't see what their strengths are. And they might be quite, they might be your introverted staff members compared to your extroverted staff members but it's really important to make sure that as a leader you have assessed everybody's strengths abilities and areas that they need to improve every single person is great at something and I want to challenge you because to find out what that is because as a leader the more that you know your team the easier it is to lead them So at an individual level, um, individuals with a growth mindset have the view that intelligence is incremental and can develop and grow over time through persistence, hard work and effort. Then that's where it starts. It's got to start at that individual level and and it has to start at the top. You need to role model that growth mindset from the top. Once you've got that at an individual level, obviously start working on each of your team. So at a team level, the team who embraces a growth growth mindset are resilient and persistent. They strive to learn. They see failure as an opportunity and have an open communication and feedback 
culture. So to, to put this in perspective, if you're going through A&R, you're working really hard to achieve those goals, not for any other purpose other than your children and yourselves to be proud of what you're doing every single day and showcase that. And perhaps you don't get the result that you were wanting. With a growth mindset, it adds a lot of that resilience. You're able to bounce back. You're able to see those areas that you didn't quite fulfill or get exceeding. And you're able to look at that and you're able to say, wow, gosh, let's learn from that and what can we do next time? Then from an organizational level, so you've got your individual level, your team level, and now we're looking at your whole organization level because it has to be a whole organization approach. So organizations who approach a growth mindset foster opportunities for professional development have processes in place that empower their people and provide the possibility to experiment and innovate. So as we go on, we'll talk about like what are the what can we do if you have a growth mindset? What messages can you tell yourself um, if you when you have a growth mindset? And with anything, it is really about stretching those muscles. So like when you build muscle or when you play sports, like I'm learning the piano, right? So muscle memory. And so it's all about practicing and stretching and building up those muscles um, in order for that to be a... um, What's the word? Gosh. Um, In order for that to be just your natural reaction and your natural thinking processes. And you'll need to check in with yourself to make sure that you're on track and you're staying in a growth mindset. Because when things get tough and you will face challenges, it's really important to come back to that language and that inner dialogue that you're telling yourself And you're going to have challenges with your team where you are going to have to demonstrate your growth mindset in order for them to see that it is okay to make mistakes. It is okay to fail because you know what? At the end of the day, we're all human and that's what life's about. We can only learn through trying. And if we're trying, we are going to make mistakes. But it's about learning from those and having that growth mindset that we can do um, something different next time. So how do you develop a growth mindset? So it's about being a lifelong learner. So people with this mindset seek learning opportunities to further develop their mindset. So it's about working on yourself and being a lifelong learner. Um, It's about embracing failures. So the most important aspect of developing a growth mindset is viewing your failures positively. Um, So we'll talk about some language that can help you with this um, and your internal dialogue. And um, so it's also about seeing challenges as opportunities. So challenges are the foundation of a growth mindset. Feedback is really important. So growth-orientated individuals are always ready to develop and challenge themselves. And some feedback is so tough to hear. And just remember to preface on this point that every single person is going to have an opinion. It's up to you whether you take that on board or you don't take that on board. But I think it's crucial to to be open to receiving that feedback. Um, The next point is focus on the 
process. So it is important to understand that growth is about a process and it's important to focus on it. The next one is pay attention to what you say. It is important to pay attention to what you say, even the words you say in your own mind. And then the last one is do not seek approval. So seeking approval on everything you do can hinder your growth mindset. So we just need to make sure that we're going after what we're doing, setting new goals, being focused on those goals, um, having purpose, taking on constructive criticism um, and it's about failing. So um, I know that's tough and that's challenging and for a lot of people that brings a lot of fear to fail and I know for myself over the last sort of five years I've practiced failing and I've practiced imperfection and it's been so empowering to come out the other side to be and to um, feel strong and to build those muscles and I have to go back and revisit them but it's it's important to build those muscles so that no matter what you do you are building on yourself and you that growth mindset so some things that you can tell yourself um, some language that you can use is um, instead of this so this would be a fixed mindset I'm not good at this try thinking what am I missing So instead of having a statement, which is fixed mindset, we want to move it to a question, that curiosity, that mind exploration and helping us to learn. So what am I missing? Um, The next one is I'm awesome at this. So I am on the right track. I give up. So up, had enough, I give up. I'll use some of the strategies we learned. Or even if you don't have those strategies, find out what is it that you need to learn and who can help you. The next one is this is too hard. So this may take some time and effort is how you can reframe that one. I can't make this any better. Reframe, I can always improve so I'll keep trying. Remember, trying is the key word, practicing and trying, building those muscles. Next one, I just can't do maths. Yes, I cannot, but I'm going to train my brain in maths. I'm going to train my brain. I'm going to learn how to do it. Um, I made a mistake. Mistakes help me to learn better. Absolutely. Um, I'll never be that smart. I'm going to figure out how others do it. So I do this all the time. So if there's something that I don't feel comfortable with or something that I just feel like, oh gosh, I'm really not good at that. Sometimes I'll look at people around me and my amazing circle of friends and my network and I'll say, who is really good at that? Like who just like I look at and I'm like, oh yeah, they're really good at that. I will go and ask them. I'll go and ask them questions like, how do you do that? What's the process? Like what goes through your mind? And (laughs) some of my friends think I'm so bizarre because some of the things that I think they're good at that I would just want to break down and know they're like, oh, Lisa, I have no idea. I'm like, okay, well, let's just try. Let's. So when you do that, what are you thinking? What are you doing? What are you, um, you know, what, what strategies are you putting in place? Because there's always a strategy, but for people that are great at them, they, it just is a natural reaction. And often they don't go into that um, consciously conscious, which is I am aware of what I am doing. It is unconsciously conscious because they're so 
good at it. So it it really helps them to break it down and it's a compliment for them because they're, they want to know what they're doing well as well. And they're like, wow, I didn't know I was good at that. So it's really important to, um, yeah, find people that are good at it, ask them, look at what they do and you can learn from others as well. Next one, it's good enough. Is it really my best work? Um, Plan A didn't work. Now try rethinking. The alphabet has 25 more letters. How empowering is that? So we tried something. It didn't work. That's fine. We have 20, 25 more letters in the alphabet um, that we can try. And there is always a solution. There is always strategies and different things to try as we're going through. And I remember over my whole career, if there was something I was challenged by, if there was something that was like, oh my gosh, this is so frustrating, it's not working, I would research that thing until I had more strategies to try. I would ask people, I would reach out, I would, you know, and just do a lot of research to figure out what is the next strategy that I can try and implement to see how it goes. And often, you know, we know we're challenging behavior in children that One thing will work for one child, but it may not work for another child. So we need to, again, have that tool belt, have all those tools in our tool belt that we can pull out and try with different children. And some days we know that even with that same child, it may work one day, but it may not work the next. So again, it's really important to build up those tools in that tool belt and um, keep practicing, just keep practicing. So there's a sign that you can have um, up and it's just about that eye language. So it's about really um, looking at your brain and how to transform it. So I it can always improve. Mistakes help me learn. I can learn anything that I want to. I like to challenge myself. My effort and attitude will make all the difference. I am inspired by people who succeed. I persevere when I am frustrated. So those are I sentences. And not only is this great for your team, but this is also great for the children to develop that growth mindset from such a young age. I remember watching this TED talk and she said the difference between successful and unsuccessful people from childhood um, all the way up was developing grit And that is just the persistence and the resilience to keep going, to see other solutions, to look at different ways to try it and just to keep going. And she said that the number one skill to developing grit, like how do you, how does one have grit to keep going? How does one develop that mindset to keep going? And she said, it's very simple. It's developing a growth mindset, seeing that things are not final, seeing that there is always places you can go. There are always different strategies you can try. And being in a, in an, um, in a profession where we critically reflect on our practice all the time, instead of being critical on ourselves, it's about having that growth mindset with what else we can try to improve, to be better, to get a different result. And, help, and get having other people that we can call on to get that feedback and um, that those, uh, yeah, sorry, those opinions of others as well. So we want to really stretch those mindset muscles. So about growth. So there's an analogy, it's called G-R-O-W-T-H, so growth. The first one is being gatekeepers 
provide equity opportunities that are respect where people are in their journey. So as you're helping you and your team to develop these growth mindsets, we need to respect where everyone is in their own journey. And it's going to take time to develop this as an organizational approach. O is to open your mind to new possibilities. Just be open-minded. W, why? Why is the foundation of team so important? Why do we do what we do? Why should we have a growth mindset? T, take the time to learn one another's stories. So really get to know each other. The more you, again, the more you know about your team, the easier it is to lead them. H, have the courage to embrace the discomfort of change. So we really want to stretch these muscles of our, these mindset muscles of our growth mindset. So uh, the reason I touch base on growth mindset is that I really believe that that is the first step that we need to take in order for us to develop professionals in our sector and to help people see that even when we give feedback, it isn't to criticize, it's actually constructive to help them to be the best that they can be in their role and in their life. So in saying that, we need to make sure, I'm a really big believer with our um, appraisals that they aren't done on a one-off basis. So they're not done six monthly, they're not done annually, they are continuous. And we have that continuous systematic cycle that we catch up regularly, that they are planned catch-ups because we see time and time and time again, teams that come together more often and connect with their people are more successful. So we would really encourage you to meet monthly at least, um, have weekly check-ins with your team, but we meet monthly at least, a sit-down, one-on-one. You can, if you've got a really large team, you can delegate two people. They say that um, our brain only works in three to fours, so it's it that is meaning like when we remember a phone number, we remember it in three or four digits and that's all that our brain can manage. So like for example, 0414163076. So that's how we remember. So it's same principles when it comes down to leadership. So you might want to delegate some of these things to your team. So for example, your room leaders do their people under them. Um, And you do the room leaders, depending on the size of your team. But it's really important to integrate things about them as well. So do you do surveys? So do you do surveys to find out their feedback? Um, Do you do like, you know, those questionnaires where it's like, um, so Phoenix Cups have a great questionnaire about what are their dominant cups. Um, Another one is a signature strength survey. So to really look at their signature strengths, what they're good at and how you can utilize those um, in your team. Do you do um, just fun ones just to work out what their creative style is, what their communication style is, what kind of um, leader are they, what kind of personality do they have? So all of those quizzes really add up to getting to know who your team is. But on that monthly catch up, you really want to sit down and you want to work out, okay, what's going on for you in your head? What's going on for you in your heart? How can we support you in both areas? You can have a time 
that you have. So it's a very succinct time, a very succinct structure so that it doesn't go over that time. And it is about really communicating with and connecting with that person that's sitting on the other side of you and having a collaborative conversation about how you can support them as a professional. From that meeting, it's about coming up with the goals, working out a plan with how you can help support them. So do they need to go to professional development? Do you need to provide them with resources or reading materials? Like how can you help them? This should be when you are in your service, this should be like 80% of your, your energy and your time with helping your team to be the best that they can be. And it's coming up, it's actually documenting. So making sure that you are documenting that individual plan that you have in place for those educators. So with saying that we do an activity with teams. Um, So what it is, we start with a question as a whole team, whether it's what is high quality care, whether it's, um, you know, what do we want in our team, whether it's 12 commandments um, that, you know, we come up with as a team that is really crucial to us and really important to us to um, develop as a team and know about each other. And from this, it's a process of, Before we come together, um, this is an annual process. So they need to evaluate their practice, critically reflect on how they've gone with those things that we've brainstormed as a team. Then we provide feedback to them and then we come together and we discuss those feedback and that is how goals are developed. It should be in collaboration. It should never be, you know what, I saw this today, you're really bad at this. This is what I want you to work on. That is a different process. That is about their performance. So if you are having performance-related issues, then you need to do a performance management plan. The performance appraisals are not about working on something that is in direct conflict to the law, the regulations or the national quality standards or the policies and procedures at your centre. That is about a professional development plan and that should be treated as separate. This is about helping people and building them as professionals and coming up with those individual plans to help them to be the best person they can be. So, If you are wanting support around developing a system for your organization, get in touch. But the first step I recommend is developing that growth mindset for yourself as an individual and working on yourself and then for your team and then making that a cultural organizational growth mindset challenge. But with your um, appraisals, I really recommend bringing them back to your values. What are your company values? What are your community values? Have you asked your team? Have you asked your families? Have you thought about that for yourself with what those values are? And then with everything that you're doing, that makes it so much easier because you can just ask yourself straight away, is it in line with our values? And that is a yes or a no answer. And it makes decision-making much more simple. So the other element that I wanted to just touch base around this is professional collaboration. And that is element 4.2.1. And it's about management educators and staff work with mutual respect 
and collaboratively and challenge and learn from each other, recognizing each other's strengths and skills. So I really felt that these two elements sort of go hand in hand. Um, The other one being what we touched base on before. So element 7.2.3, which is the development of professionals. So educators, uh, coordinators and staff members performance is regularly evaluated and individual plans are in place to support learning and development. So I feel like these two go hand in hand. It's really about the recognizing what other people's strengths and skills are. It's helping them to recognize what they are. It's about working with that mutual respect and collaboration to come up with those individual plans. And again, it's about having that, if you're a leader of people, it's about having that planning cycle where we observe, collect information, observe, plan, document and have that continuous cycle for our educators and our team members as well. So I can't wait to hear how you all implement this in your service and what questions this has brought up for you to critically reflect on in your own practice. Remember, it's about making every moment count and we want to make sure not only are we making great educators in our organizations, but we want to create great human beings for society and the future. So thank you so much for listening today. If you have any topics that you would like us to focus on in future episodes, please let us know. Um, But that's us for another week. And I look forward to touching base with you next week. Thanks so much, guys. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Everything Early Childhood podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media or leave a rating and review. We read them all. (laughs) To catch all the latest from me, your host, Lisa Brown, you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Lisa Brown underscore Platinum Ed. Thanks again for listening. Keep making every moment count and I'll see you next time.